Life Uncut acknowledges the traditional custodians of country whose lands were never ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of the podcast was recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. To our very first episode of the pickup. This is a little summation of the week. The best bits, the highlights, and none, none of the lowlights. Yeah, it's definitely not the whole thing. Do we, we cut, do? do we cut the lowlights? All of yeah. them? Which is so Mitch isn't in at all. No. Oh, hey, you're the highlight. Thank We're you. only. You all know that last year we got to do our awesome Saturday show. We used to have so much fun. And Britt, myself, Mitch, the three of us on radio. And this year we have started our very first weekly national show, The Pickup. It yeah. is on at 3 p.m. to 4 every single day. And this is this week's pickup. Yeah, there were some great nuggets of gold in there, some great interviews. Some great laughs and some a couple of interventions even thrown in. In the first week, we did far too many interventions. I always think. with Brit at the bottom yeah, of them, which is always, awful. It was always me. What was that? But I also had fun. Are you guys enjoying the first week on air? I, I love doing radio with you guys. Yeah, yeah I had a lot so of much fun. fun. All right, let's get into the show. It's the pickup with Brit, Laura, and Mitch. Now, Laura, we need to unpack something that our beloved Brittany Hockley's up to. What's the problem? It's the fact that you uh, you recently needed to do a call out for a dog walker. Yes. Now. Uh, the call out wasn't just a, a, you know, ask your friends, get a recommendation. Totally, I need someone for one walk a day, you know. No, this turned into a full interview process. Correct. It was the where's the problem? I'm sorry. It was like you were looking for an au pair for children for yeah. a year. Yeah, or like you're hiring a CEO for the <laughs> position. Like I, the, the amount. Essentially, it, that is exactly what it Brit is. Britt was pacing around the studios on the phone, going, "And what's your job history exactly? Yeah. <laughs> All right, and, and and did you study there long? And why did you leave the career at Telstra? I'm like this poor girl. Just to set the scene, Britt literally did Zoom interviews for yes. the dog walker before meeting them in the flesh. But then, do you want to know what I did? Yes. So I actually then, then I took it a step further and then I met the one that I thought was going to the be one the one. The one that all the boxes. The chosen one. <laughs> we met for a, for a combat, compatibility test. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Compatibility with her and the dog or her and you? Like is this all a of the above? Like, what, what does it matter this? if it's you? It's she's walking the dog. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to see how she interacted with Delilah. So we met at the park, at the local park, because you can. I have done this in the past. This is why I did it. I needed to get one probably six months ago, and I ended up with this new person that I didn't go through a thorough interview session with, and it didn't work. She wasn't right. They didn't gel. I didn't trust her. Right. What, anyway, what if, did yes, she not she finish did. her semen at night? You thought something was wrong. Wasn't, something just wasn't right. She wasn't the same. Um, and as a really good mother, I picked up on that. So I t- so I had a compatibility test. We met at the local park. I watched the interaction. I needed to make sure they had chemistry. I wanted to ask her where she goes, how many walks, how many dogs are there. It was a job trial. Does she what? does she incorporate balls? Does she not incorporate balls? <laughs> What's, what is the oh level? My. I'm not ki- I wish I was kidding. The, pick, the poo pickup test? Technique, that's very important. I watched her do it. I made Dial do a really big poop. No, I didn't. I didn't watch that. But I actually, I know you guys laugh, but Delilah is like, you want to know if you're taking your dog, right? I love my dog. My dog is my best friend. I love him more than anything. I don't have anything else, right? So then when I trust her with someone, 
I need to know that this person's responsible. She's not going to let her run in front of a, a car because that's a really big deal to me. And Delilah has no road sense. She would run in front of a bus. So I needed to make sure this was a responsible, caring, loving dog walker. I don't even think I go to that length to find – maybe that makes me Well, you – I think we need to have the intervention <laughs> Wait, on you. The wheels yeah. are turning. Honestly, I've had people take care of my children who I have done far less checks on than what you're doing right now. Yeah, I think that says more about you than me. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're back after this. It's the pickup. The Bachelor finale yeah last night and from all accounts it was a mess Laura Byrne I know you watched it it was a mess but it made for very good TV you know what the only couple that's still together is Jed and Alicia but then you hear that she was kissing some other people since they've left the show as well well I I mean this is why I want to know so apparently they're together but they've hooked up with other people in between time they're here now we've got them on the phone Jed and Alicia join us hi guys how does it feel to be the only successful couple of the franchise this season well look yeah I I think it's great (laughs) that we've um, you know we've put a lot of work in to get to the point where we're open and seeing each other sorry open that's triggered me I shouldn't have said that no 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 we're not open let me get that clarified right now but um, no look we're in a good place I think um, it's been a while since we've been able to be normal so we're just sort of taking it by day and I'm um, seeing how we go. Speaking of open, I read something this morning that, Alicia, you've kissed other people since the show finished. Oh. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. So we, so when the show finished, we had our four-night rendezvous, mm. um, which is really nice. It's when, like, the walls came down and we really started to get to know each other. Cute. And then after we left, Jed ended up going through something pretty dark and we sort of decided let's not be together until we can be together again um but we spoke every day like we were there for each other every day regardless of the fact that we weren't officially together anymore and always just open and transparent and now we're in a position obviously where i've seen him for the second time last night was you know the second time we've spent the night together you're kidding Um, in six months yeah yeah so we've had to keep everything going by just text and call all day every day i'm happy to give a bit of context because i think it's owed i had some traumas from my childhood come up that i wasn't expecting to come up when i came off the show i think Mm. um i was sort of not doing my usual day-to-day things when i came off and that you know allowed a bit of space for things to come up that i didn't know i was clearly sort of um not wanting to deal with but then happened and i think she held me so tightly through that entire thing it's sort of at the time that was like our sole focus was helping me heal from that situation so there wasn't a point where any love was lost or it was like Mm -hmm. I don't like you or she doesn't like me it was just I think it was more like let's shift the focus from let's not focus on you and I as a couple let's focus on him as a person the formula really can work and it can be a beautiful thing what is next for you guys now now that you can be together does it mean you're doing long distance what does the relationship look like Mm. I think um, right now it looks like us going out for dinner tonight for the first time (laughs) and um, seeing how that goes there'll be paparazzi Um, that's how that's gonna go (laughs) yeah I know no we're just excited like we are very close I think we've grown immensely throughout this and people would never sort of quite understand the extent of how deep I think just our understanding of each other goes now so for us it feels like a fairly peaceful relaxed thing like you know not just taking a ring just you know, to take a ring and all of that. I want to come off and be as real as possible. Oh, I would have taken the ring, yeah. (laughs) If it was offered to me, which it wasn't. No, Laura was was saying before that how much, because Laura, obviously you were on the batchy with Maddie J, you got the ring. How much was it worth? You were telling us before, are you happy to say? Well, I think this one was around 25000 Get 
out. But I don't, okay, don't hold me to it. Now I'm worried that Larson's is going to come for me. But, okay, I heard a rumour. If you didn't propose, you didn't get to keep the ring this yeah. season. Is that true? Exactly. So wow. I, oh my really, God. I, I knew she was going to say no, but I knew if I could word it a certain way and quickly get out of it, I could, could still get the ring. <laughs> put the gorgeous ring on her. So, but I never got to tell her that well, through the whole yeah. time. So I just thought I was, I'm like, am I getting punked here? Like, have I been not speaking English for the last seven oh, weeks? Oh, no. So actually, you're a very smart man, Jed. Okay, so there's been something that's been going down in my household uh, recently that I want to see how you feel about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. My beloved Maddie J, my husband. It's so weird calling him my husband. It's weird still. hearing you say husband. No, we only yeah. just had the wedding. Like in November, it was gorgeous. Yeah. I say we like it was. We all got married. <laughs> it we only like just it. had it. <laughs> That's how I feel. Well, it's one of those things, right? You get into a long-term relationship and you think you know everything that there is to know about your partner. Yeah. Mm. You think that you've covered everything, all the ground. I can only imagine, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Except with Matty J, because he he's very into hobbies. So he goes through these like phases of different hobbies that he wants to try. Right. Um, we have just entered a new phase of hobbies. I love this. So I love much. that this he does great. this. This is sounding like a bit negative from you. You're not into this. Uh, I'm not not into it, but it's a it's a really annoying. What's he, do- hobby. What's he, What's he doing? doing? Okay, so he's just decided to take back up something that he used to do back in the '90s, which is where it should stay. He's really into beatboxing, and now oh, I love a good beatbox. No, are you talking like the boom, ch- boom, boom, ch- that is boons and kids and boons and kids? Yeah. That one, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one, yeah, yeah. That was horrible to listen to. <laughs> that but yes, that he he does it all day, all around. That he is quite good. Mm. That it has become obsessive, and I wish I was joking. So he's actually pretty good, is he? Oh. Can we, can we get bit? him on the phone? Listen, I've got Maddie up here. I've got his number. We've been texting all day. Oh, uh, there, there's a bit of a You're one step there. ahead of me. Maddie's on the show. Hello, Matt. Thanks for being here. Hey, Maddie. Good afternoon. How are we? <laughs> oh, Matt, I have just heard that this new hobby you're doing, apparently you're pretty good at it, but you're driving Laura like up the wall. <laughs> She's been complaining about it all day, this beatboxing thing that you've got going on. No, let me, let me defend you and myself. I'm not being driven up the wall. I just find it confusing that as a 36-year-old man, you've gotten really into beef. It's an unusual hobby. Where did and it come I, from, I feel Matt? like I'm not alone in thinking that. Laura, you told me you liked it when I started doing it. The only oh. reason I'm doing more of it is because I thought you are into it. She's not. That's not what she's been telling us off air, Matt. What do you mean? Yeah, she's not that into it, I'm not, Matt. I'm not not into it. I want to be supportive <laughs> of everything that you throw yourself okay, into. Okay, sorry. We're going to have to hear this. So can we uh, – we're going to bring everything to silence. We're live on the air. You've got the stage, Matt. You give us some of your beatboxing. Okay, here we go. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my God. I love it it so much. That was actually pretty good. You started with a motorboat. Haven't heard that in a while. I think we can work this into the show somehow. We're a new show. This is show two. I think we could build this into one of our, a bit of our production that we use in and out of the show. This started off as me being like, do you think that this is a normal thing? And now you have fully committed to encouraging it, Mitch. Look how excited I am. Hold on. Give me a beat again, Matt. I'm going to try and spit some pickup lyrics, right? You can jump in too, Brittany. I'm going to give some background, okay? So just you lay a sick pickup beat, Matt, and then we'll jump in. Yeah. And Mitch, was that last one too fast, too slow, or just right? No, I think we a... need a little bit more length. Okay. And girth. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thickness, yeah. A bit, bit of length there. Fill, yeah. fill it out. If you want a lot of length, stop, Brittany, you come to the right guy. Stop flirting with Matty J. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit it, DJ. <laughs> yeah. Okay, ready? I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> 
is the pickup with Brit, Laura, and Mitch. Your afternoon pickup sish. If you're a mum in the car, we know you'd rather be at the bar. The kids in the back in the baby seat. It is a, a crazy feat. Maddie J is on the line. These beatboxing is a crime. Oh. What do we think? <laughs> that, that, now that was a masterpiece. If that, if that doesn't get us all signed, I don't know what will. <laughs> that was Mozart. Thank you, Maddie. I support, and I think we've converted Laura. We support the new hobby. Just confirming that wasn't free. That wasn't free. I'm charging royalties. Okay, don't get there. too ahead of yourself, Matt. Well, don't we all contributed to that one, Matt. <laughs> you ladies know um, Hugh Sheridan, right? Yes, we do. Well, this is actually it's a really tragic story. So Hugh has opened up about a horrific experience that happened uh, when a couple spiked his drink. That I was in Sydney a few years ago and I was around Melbourne Cup time. Oh, I no. actually got uh, someone drugged me. Uh, two people, a guy oh. and a girl, drugged me, and I oh, knew no. one of them. I was stuck for about eight hours. Truly awful, and the reason I bring this up is because you don't often hear it happening to men. It's often a female-led narrative. It's actually so frightening. I've been drugged three times, by the way. Are you kidding? Yeah, and I, I know that Laura's had a situation. I have so many friends as well, or female friends, that have been in this situation too. Like, it is so problematic, but it's so prevalent, and I think a lot of people don't know how prevalent it is because it's not wildly reported. I know what happened to me. I didn't because there was a part of me that was like, well, what are they going to do about it anyway? How are they going to prove it? Like, yeah. you just think that, and I think that most women think that unless there's a, a way for them to feel that they 100% can be heard and something can be done about it. And also, I mean, like what has happened to Hugh here, often you don't know, you don't remember because of the whole situation, yeah. because you don't have, you know, you know, you don't have your cognitive abilities. You've been drugged. You don't know, so it's really hard to then talk about something when you don't know the specifics. But like, you know, even just with what you're saying, Britt, like it's happened to you yeah. three times. It's happened to me once. I know so many women, and I think that it's it's something that we have to be conscious of as women. But you don't hear men like Mitch. How many times have you left the house and gone out and thought, "Oh, I better be careful that my drink doesn't get spiked." Not once. It is not a thought that is top of mind for me when I go out clubbing or drinking. And with friends as well. Never think about I it. I think about it all the time. And But this is the thing, right? Like the, the scary part of this story and, and it's something that I, I hope that everyone is really conscious about is that it doesn't just happen when you're at a nightclub or you're out with strangers. Like my experience with was with someone who I thought was my friend. So I think, you know, and in this experience with Hugh Sheridan, it was someone who he thought was his friends mm. uh, and people he knew. And I think that that is something that's very underrepresented and not talked about enough. So I, I mean, it is so brave of Hugh to come forward and share this story but also just to really highlight that not only is it strangers it's people that you know that can be the people at the bottom of this well I mean one of mine was on a date one of mine was a barman so that made me very worried because disgusting because you can be as careful as you want covering your drinks and you know walking around a bar but if it's come from behind the bar when you've ordered it's out of your control and the other one was a patron just at a nightclub kind of like out dancing. Well, the other thing you hear is is you get taught this. I mean, we got taught it in school when I was in school and you tell your daughters and parents tell your kids when they're going, when they're that age about to mm. go clubbing when they're 17, 18. But this happened to Hugh when he was in his 30s. I mean, mm. laws, it happened to it happened to both of you. In my past, 30s. In your 30s. In 30s yeah. yeah. But I also think on that, you become so, because when you are 18, you're very hypervigilant. You know, you're 18 and you've heard all these horror stories and you think, oh God, I'll, I'll cover my drink and you walk around with your hand over your, your vodka cream or whatever yeah. it is. But then when you get into your 30s, you think, I'm way past this as being a possibility. You know? And now and this is completely irrelevant, what I'm about to say. 
but I'm going to say it. On the person I was on a date with that drunk me, he was the biggest geek, right? I was like, this guy is the biggest geek. Oh, but, unassuming. But very mm. endearing. And what I mean by that is it was just for the cliche who you think is going to drug you. I do want to say it's a cliche, but who comes to mind when you think of someone that's going to drug you out in a nightclub? This person for me was the furthest thing mm. that I would have thought it would have happened with. And again, you can never judge a book by its cover. We know that. I'm so grateful that Hugh felt confident enough to come out and speak about this yeah. because I think it is such an important important reminder for everyone, not just parents, but for anyone listening that, you know, you have to be so conscious that this does happen. It still happens all the time and it is hugely underreported and yeah. underrepresented. And I, I just think, you know, putting and shining a light on it is like the only way to protect people. Totally. Good on you, Huey. Now, you guys know I've been uh, going on and on about this new Stan original series, Poker Face, which mm-hmm. I'm truly obsessed with. Obsessed. At the moment. It's so good. It's got Natasha Leone, who's from Orange is the New Black, and essentially the character she plays is a blackjack dealer. She can just tell everyone's Poker Face straight away. she can read what people are are going to play and what they can, you know, what they look like on their faces. I always thought that I was good at that. Like, I always thought I could tell people's poker faces and I also always thought I was a good liar. That is such uh, an an untruth since you dated a guy who was like, you know, had another life for two years. So I think you're particularly bad at it (laughs) if anything for it. he really debunked that, didn't (laughs) he? Not the best. Uh, Anyway, uh, this character is a human lie detector. So it got me thinking, is that a real career choice? Do human lie detectors really exist? So what I've done is I've got the best in the business. I've got Dr. Louise Marla, who joins us now on the line, the real human lie detector. Doctor, welcome. Doctor Louise, welcome. Yeah, hi guys. How does one become a human lie detector? It's really a career choice, and I don't, you know, do lie detection as a living, but I do read body language and I read bodies and I read vocal psychology, and I am fascinated about behavior, human behavior. So that's my area, my PhD, human behavior. So are you going to tell us before we jump in, because Mitch has set this up, Laura and I are going to tell you a story each, one of us is lying, one of us is telling the truth. Are you going to tell us before we tell you these stories what you look for so we know, like, what's the tell? Cheating. Yeah. No, I can't tell you beforehand. <laughs> now listen, Dr. Louise, I'm not one to be dramatic, but I'm about to be dramatic. Laura and Britt both have a story. One is a lie, one is a truth. Why don't we kick it off with you, Britt, well, and Dr. Louise? Why don't we direct- ask Dr. Louise, you've been watching Laura's and my body language. Who would you like to hear from first? Um, uh, Brittany, I'd like to hear yours first. Oh. I think. So... A couple of years back, I was, uh, I'm was i a bit of an adventurer, so I was going on an adventure. And um, on the other side of the world, I found myself deep in the Amazon jungle, believe it or not. And um, I had no food, so I had to catch my food. So I was catching piranhas and stuff, and I, I had to bathe, obviously, because... <laughs> You laugh, Laura, but you get, you get hungry in the Amazon. You get hungry in there, right? This is so, so stupid. So I caught some piranhas and I was eating the piranhas and then I, I was really stinky because it's the Amazon. It's very hot if you haven't been to the Amazon jungle. It gets very uh, – humidity is high. So um, I was bathing in the Amazon river and I accidentally got a parasite. Like, it was definitely an accident. I got a parasite that ended up living in my liver um, and I got very sick on that. Amazon trip. That was a real journey. All right, before we get your results, Dr. Louise, um, we're gonna we're gonna jump into Laura's story now. Um, so, Laura, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, it is. <laughs> so, I also have an adventure story. Um, mine, however, dates back to when I was a little bit younger, uh, and I lost my virginity in the drama room <laughs> at school. Uh, it was year twelve. 
Uh, and it was also not with a teacher, just just in case oh, anyone's going to worry. It was, flagging. it was with a school student, uh, and um, it was on lunch break in the drama room. Yeah, it's mm. not my finest moment. Anyway, it, I wish it was more of an adventure, but that's it. Well, two very different tactics. There. Mm. Both very wild. Mm. Yes. Dr. Louise, hold your judgment quickly. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we'll get the results. But what, what are you thinking? Are, are you you're buying any one more than the other? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. All right, back with Dr. Louise Marla, the Stan Original Series Poker Face, now streaming only on Stan. Now we're joined by Dr. Louise Marla, a.k.a. the Human Lie Detector. It's all inspired by the new Stan Original Series Poker Face. Mm-hmm. I wanted to find out, is there such thing as a human lie detector? In my research, I found Dr. Louise, uh, Britt and Laurie, you've both just told a very fascinating duo of stories um, that have happened to you in your life, and Dr. Louise is about to drop her verdict. Who is telling the truth? And who was lying? Quickly recap what yours was, Britt. Long story short, um, I w- found myself in the Amazon on an adventure, and I was—I got a parasite because I was in the Amazon River and I was eating food from the river, and it was yeah, a pretty chaotic time of my life. Yeah, mine's also equally as long. Um, I lost my virginity in the drama room at school. <laughs> yours God. was short, I'm guessing. Um, let's get the <laughs> verdict. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know if I really recall it that well. <laughs> Doctor Louise. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, Laura reminds me of Kate, Princess Kate. Oh, Um, why? Thank you. Nobody who knows me would say that. So that's a true compliment. How often do you think Princess Kate talks about shagging boys in drama rooms? Not often. If she did, she would talk about it as clearly and as convincingly as you did. I found that highly believable and consistent in the way that you told it, your eye movement, your flow of air in your voice, your um, consistency with your gestures, everything. But it could be that you're a massive psychopath and a really (laughs) good be the way that it goes. I have to say it's a highly believable story, everything about it. Brittany wriggles like a jelly on a plate. Mm. And so wriggle, 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 wriggle. And funnily enough, you're telling that story. And when you told that story, you changed your behaviour and suddenly you weren't wriggling. And also when you're speaking normally, you're not looking down bottom left. And during the story, you were looking down bottom left. Having said that, your story was so outrageous. I mean, everything you did, Brittany, just said liar, liar, pants on. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. It was your inconsistency, your change of behaviour from what you did before um, that that made me say that wasn't a truth. But then again, you know that you're trying to, you know, look like a truth or look like a lie and deceive. So who knows? Not a pure art. All right. The human lie detector is locking in Princess Kate. Ladies, it's time to reveal who is telling the lie. I am a psychopath. <laughs> And I am a I am a brilliant actor. I am sorry, Louise, but I, I I'm a trained actor. I wriggled on purpose. I did the eye contact on purpose. I was like I was like I'm going to make her think that I'm thinking of this story as I go. No, my mum's going to hate to hear this, but it was uh, it was in her house and in my bedroom. That's where it was, uh, not at know. drama school. And I really did camp in the Amazon jungle and get a liver parasite and get sick for years. Yeah, so don't, don't do that at home, kids. Do not do that at home. Oh, well, I think that's lots of fun. And um, uh, Princess Kate, there is definitely a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, good to know. Um, thank you, Dr. Louise. You can get it now uh, on Stan. It's the original series, Poker Face, now streaming. Uh, that is us done for the day, everyone. You liar. We've got Kate Middleton and a brilliant liar. What a show. We need to rebrand. You're a 
are amazing. Thank you. <laughs> now the world has gone absolutely maths mad. It's back on on Channel Nine. Laura, you're officially you've, you've got the you've got the bug. You love Married at First Sight. Oh, like you've lost me every night of the week when it's on. That's it's my favorite show. It's good because it's all the things that you shouldn't do in a relationship. But we have today John Aiken joining us. He is one of the relationship experts who's on the show who matches the couples and handholds them throughout the whole experiment. Yeah, I have so many questions. John, welcome. Welcome Hi. to the Big Up. Oh, it's good to be here. And look, Laura, I'm so glad that you've come out as a maths uh, oh, tragic. Disgusting. Uh, but Brit, Brit, you and I need to talk. Oh, I can't yeah. believe you haven't watched it. Okay, but I don't watch it because I know I'm going to get hooked into it, but I do keep up with what's happening. Like I always go the next day and read all the news articles and, and I get the lowdown from Laura because I, I am interested in it. I love relationships. We have a relationship podcast, but I just know I'm going to lose hours of my life every night if I allow myself to. Well, it does tend to suck you in, and I think there there are a lot of ingredients in maths that makes it so compelling. I mean, it is a show that kind of appeals to both singles and couples, and I think it's also based on a fairy tale. And, you know, the experts, we sort of get in there and, and really try and hold them to account. Well, John, we know that there's like tens of thousands of people who apply for this show and you have the job of helping to match people together. How do you go about actually matching these couples? Like some people seem particularly not well matched, which might come as no surprise (laughs) to you. I think that's quite a diplomatic way of saying, what were you thinking, John? What was it an off day, John? (laughs) That's what I'm getting from that question. Uh, absolutely. Look, um, people do look at it and, and are often confused. The, the bottom line, it's a, a quite exhausting two-month process. We give them tests uh, around things like communication, their values. We kind of uh, put them together and then sit back and watch like everybody else to see whether or not they can uh, fall in love as complete strangers. We are matching them with the eyes on them getting over the line and finding the fairy tale. But in saying that, there are a lot of things that are uncontrollable, like chemistry. They can be difficult to date, let's be honest. And so when we put them together, a number of them simply do not work out. Well, there's one other woman that, that I've seen, and I've, I've seen her everywhere actually since the show aired, and that's Melissa, the self-proclaimed freak in the sheets. Yeah. She loves to get yeah. freaky, and I, I'm all about it, and I think there are, everyone in Australia is just like <laughs> singing her praises right now. How important do you think this matched intimacy and matched chemistry and sexual exploration, how important is that in a relationship? Yes, well, that's a very good question that I think a lot of people are going to be asking as they watch this season. You know, how you talk about sex, who initiates sex, how much is enough in a relationship to keep it healthy. All of that starts to become quite a uh, conversation topic, uh, not just uh, between the couple, but also in the group. For me, sex is important because it's a good uh, gauge of a temperature in a relationship. Uh, you know, if you're having it regularly, then, um, you know, you're connecting um, and you're reaffirming to your partner that they're special. When it's not around, you know, it can start to uh, create a distance. Uh, it's not the only thing. You've got to have a lot more than just sex. But I do think it's got to be made a priority in a relationship for it to keep the connection going. Well, John, you mentioned distance there, and that's something that I wanted to bring up. Um, and <laughs> lack of sex. I mean, those things go hand in hand. Our very own Brittany Hockley has just entered into a long-distance relationship. So not only is she not getting it daily, which I'm sure she'd love to do, <laughs> but her new boyfriend is uh, is thousands of kilometres away living in Scotland. So do you have any advice for couples that are new, newly in long distance? And can they last? Well, they can last, but I think what you've got to do, uh, Britt, is to make sure that you have 
a number of things in place. Outside of that, Britt, what I would say is that you've got to know the time zones. You've got to be constantly um, contacting them at uh, regular parts of the day. You also need to see them face-to-face on a regular basis. So you fly to him or he flies to you. So any time you have a big calendar day, you've got to really make it special. But I think ultimately, Britt, if it's going to work then you two have to have an end date in mind where he's either going to come and live here or you're going to live there. He's going to be listening to this. Um, so it's probably pretty important that he's like consistently buying me presents and stuff as well. Is that right? Well, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe you feel very special. John, you don't have, you don't yeah. have to agree with it. You're John's the expert, good. John. Brittany has uh, hijacked this as a therapy session for herself. <laughs> very sorry about that. But yes. we are all, I mean, well, actually, I won't speak on behalf of Brit. I am thoroughly enjoying that. And we can't wait to see what unfolds this season. All right, it's all going down. I'm Married at First Sight uh, on Channel 9. Give it a watch. John Aiken there, one of the experts. Thank you, buddy.